Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into another edition of the Fourth Man Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Sigsmond, and today we're joined by Oliver Maroney. He's your go-to source for Big Three. He is the host of the Positionless Podcast, and we're happy to have him on today. Thanks for joining us, Oliver. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I've been seeing your guys' stuff posted and love the episodes that you guys have been doing. And uh, yeah, really, really uh, pleased with how the Big Three and, and, and how the fans like yourself are uh, covering the league and just involved in the league. So uh, thanks again for, for being a, a big promoter of the league and, and, and being excited about it because um, it, it's, it's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm someone, you know, I, I watched it a lot the first season and then I wrote about it a lot last season. I'm, I'm glad to finally just be able to, you know, speak my mind on it a little bit. And the podcast, I think, is a great way to do that. Um, before we jump into, you know, some big three topics, because we certainly have plenty of those to talk about, let's, I kind of want to do a little Q&A with, Q&A with you and get to know you a little bit. Uh, first of all, just kind of talk about your background and what you've done and what you've done up to this point to get to where you are right now. Oh, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a, a it's summary. Long, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's been quite a journey. I mean, I've been, it feels like everywhere in terms of basketball. Um, you know, I, as a kid growing up, I, I, I loved the game of basketball but I was never very good at it. I, I tried to play at a high level or I tried to play as, at as high as a level as I possibly could, which was high school basketball. And um, in between, you know, I, during my like early middle school years, uh, the local paper in Oregon, the Oregonian, uh, needed high school basketball reporters. So I did that. They paid me $5 a game. That was my entry. Nice. That was my ticket to the game basically that's the cost of the ticket so right. i would go in and i'd cover these guys thankfully i was just in kind of the prime era of oregon basketball and guys like kevin love terrence ross terrence jones oh nice kyle and ej singler were all like in that um that age where i was like in middle school and they were just a few years older than i was so thankfully i got to cover those guys and i got to know a lot of them personally and know their families, know their managers. And that's really how it all started or how I, you know, I found a passion for it, just covering basketball. And ever since then, I've just, uh, I've bounced around. I started my own blog. I paid my way to summer leagues um, when it was not even a, a spectacle to go to NBA summer leagues. And uh, really, I just, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to be a part of it however I could. So um, slowly but surely kind of built up a following and, and started covering the NBA Guys like C.J. McCollum are um, guys that really helped me to, to begin with, gave me time, gave me interviews. And uh, from there, just really have, you know, did that. And then now I'm obviously with the big three. I, I do a bunch of different things. You know, I started covering the league very early on before it even was uh, started. I got an email press release just saying, hey, this is what's coming. Uh, and shot an email back saying, I'm, I'm interested in covering it. What, what do you guys, you, who do you have available I'd like to do a story on it. And uh, from there, you know, chatted with Cube, chatted with Jeff, chatted with a bunch of the guys that had created this thing to start up with and, and created a few leagues, uh, you know, created a few articles on, on, the, on the league. And uh, from, from there, just 
now I'm at the big three. I, I do writing for them. Uh, I'm working on some player bios actually for the next week or so, just just going nice. through and updating the site. Um, have done some PR for them in the past week or so. So uh, yeah, <laughs> just, just doing a bunch of different things, man. You know, we help where we can and, and do what I can to to help this league grow. Because you know, look, it's uh, it's really really easy to buy into something like this because you see everybody who's involved in it working as hard as they do when i was just chatting with nancy lieberman about it earlier today and it's just like every single person involved in the league has a pure passion for basketball and a passion for the people that are in this league and that's what kind of is separates it from anything else that i've ever been a part of you know you can cover the nba you can go to the nba games but the atmosphere just isn't the same as what the big three delivers and, and what it has. So I'm thankful, like I said, to be a part of it. You know, it's 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 really cool to see Cube's vision kind of play out. And uh, it's just growing every single day, every single week, season after season. It's just continued to to grow and, and become more popular. Yeah, absolutely. And first off, I just want to say you're you're probably a much better basketball player than I was ever. Um, I, you know, I just play a lot of rec league basketball against dudes who were you know former college athletes, and they just pretty much take over the gym. So if if you ever think that you know anyone's worse than you, yeah, I'm the first guy you'd probably you'd probably hit up. Uh, <laughs> Mike Rat, my nah, I'm gonna give you some smack talk here. First of all, Bonzi Bonzi Wells told me never to speak this. But uh, Bonzi Wells, I'll, I'll, I'll speak a little smack talk on. Okay. I beat him in a game of horse earlier last oh. last season. So he will say it never happened. So uh, if you ever get him on this podcast, you ever chat with him, he will say it never happened. And then Mike Rapp, obviously. Look, he's, he, he claims to be like Larry Bird. But, man, <laughs> that guy, he's uh, he's far from it. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to be a little bit better than those guys, I think. Well, Bonzi Wells, I'm not good. I'm just, I'm just smack, smack talking there. Yeah, you're just humbling yourself a little bit on, on this episode, but no, no, no. If, <laughs> if Bondi ever comes on, we'll make sure to keep that under wraps for sure. Uh, second off, I do want to say, I mean, you know, just from your content over over the course of the first three seasons, even your even just as recently as the Big Three draft, you know, it really shows all the effort you put into and how hard you've come to work here. And we really appreciate all the content you put out, the exclusive insight you do for uh, the Big Three, just because, you know, you're seeing a lot of things that a lot of people don't get an opportunity to see. And I think that that really goes a long way into making this league uh, grow even more. Uh, no, I really appreciate it, man. You know, it's, it's, it is a lot of work. I mean, I was just talking to somebody else about it. You know, they were like, Oh, you went to Vegas for the big three, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, you know, I worked, uh, I worked pretty long days, but it didn't feel like I was working. And that's the most important part. You know, that, that really, yeah. like I said, I, I can't express enough how awesome it is to be a part of something that's just, just groundbreaking. I mean, this is different. Uh, and so it's it's really really vital to to be able to bring whatever I can, you know. I, I want yeah. people to to feel as if, you know, they can follow the league through my eyes or through my lens or anybody else, you know. I, I want people to be able to enjoy it, and if I can bring some content that that gets people people's eyes on it or uh, gets people involved, great, you know, I'm here. Yeah, and you know, it's it must be really cool to be around a lot of those basketball minds and everything. And you and you mentioned groundbreaking. You're kind of doing your own groundbreaking thing yourself as far as you know all the people you've met the connections you've made and you you turned it into your own little podcast called positionless um where'd you kind of get the idea for that i know it re really ties in a little bit more to the modern nba or even you know just the big three with uh how versatile people are playing three on three format uh where'd you get the idea to start the the positionless podcast oh man so uh, <laughs> a couple a couple seasons ago um actually uh 
my friend, uh, he plays in the NBA. His name's Dylan Brooks. Uh, he was drafted a couple of seasons okay. ago. He plays for the yeah. Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, before he got drafted, before he even entered the draft, you know, we uh, I drove out to Eugene. You know, I'd, I'd been spending time with him uh, in college there. Uh, not not at college with him, but around the college and around that atmosphere for a while with him, just through his seasons, kind of covering him, making sure uh, things were going well, you know, and, and, and covering him the right way. So, yeah, I was out there, and we had this idea of releasing this, you know, um, uh, draft announcement that he was going to enter the NBA draft. So we drove out to Eugene, and we shot this whole video. Like, what are we going to call this? Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And then the first thing that really came to mind, honestly, was um, uh, a scout I was chatting with at a game of his was like, yeah, he's like kind of positionless. Like, you can't really put him in a position. Like, I don't know. Is he a three? Is he a four? And things like that. So that's what got us to thinking, like, okay, we'll create this like site called positionless and it didn't really turn out to be much we announced his draft status there it got some buzz for a few days uh, we did some other like articles with some other like notable like ncaa names um and then uh after a while it just kind of faded but that name is always stuck in with me and so i i try to you know i i think positionless there's there's multiple terms that you can use it for right positionless in a basketball setting is you know you don't have a position everybody's kind of moving everybody's doing everything of everybody else's and i think that's really key in life you know you have to take on other roles you have to take on other responsibilities you have to do other things and so i thought the perfect name for it was positionless because i didn't really know what i would be touching on um right. my really the goal of the, the show is really to just uh give people a creative outlet to give their story so like with mike conley it's like how did you get into basketball like where did you start what did you do uh, what were the motivating factors? Like, why did you want to play basketball? Um, and, you know, we go into family life, like being a father or like with Cassidy Hubbard of ESPN, you know, we dived into being a mother and like doing the job that she does. And so I think it's really important to touch on things that people don't touch on. And, and that's really where the positionless podcast came from is just I, I don't really anything that I've ever done from, you know, middle school on has really been about creating my own lane, you know, doing things that I see as value adds to players, to coaches, to people that I cover. I don't want to be the same as everybody else. I don't want to sit right. here and say Kawhi Leonard's an MVP because he scores this many points, he has this many rebounds, his plus minus is this. You know, that that's just not me. Um, so for me, that that's why I wanted to do it. I just wanted to create something that was different, create something that was positionless. So that's where the name comes from. Yeah, and I think it's the perfect name, you know, especially in today's world and, and this type of industry, you really have to be versatile, take on multiple roles and be able to to be able to take on any task that somebody is, is uh, asking you to do. So I think that, you know, that's a perfect name for it, especially in today's world. I think it just kind of it worked out for the best. And thank God for uh, your relationship with Dylan. I'm sure that that, uh, you know, you might have heard that the tweener name or somewhere else have that same kind of a uh how you explain them, but how you explain their, uh, how they play. But, you know, I think, you know, the, the name couldn't be any more perfect. I mean, you've done a really good job with it so far. I, I, I think, um, appreciate uh, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you've made a lot of connections over the past, as you've mentioned, uh, what's it like to kind of make all these connections and, you know, really get to know some of these basketball minds, uh, some people inside the NBA, uh, guys from the big three and, who do you think you've had the best conversation with so far? It doesn't have to be on the podcast, but just anybody. 
Boy, it's tough. Uh, you know, I'll go back to last week just at the Big Three draft. I mean, I'm looking at all these guys that, you know, I've been I spent three seasons around. You know, um, and it's just uh, it's just different from what it was. You know, the two seasons ago, I stepped in here and didn't really know what to expect or um, how to how to really go about what I should be doing. And and slowly but surely, you know, I I'm on the practice court with them. I'm I'm talking with them back and forth. I mean. There's everybody from, you know, like Nancy Lieberman is great. She's been incredible to work with. Mike Rapp has been amazing. Uh, I love all of what he does and just um, couldn't be a nicer person. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Jeff is great. Um, all the people that have started the big three. But then and if you go to players, I mean, like CJ McCollum has been there since day one for me. You know, I started yeah, that's out. Really cool. I had no following. I wasn't really doing much. Um and he gave me the time of day when I was at, gosh, I don't even know what outlet it was, uh, but it wasn't big. You know, we're talking very small potatoes. Right. He gave me the time of day. We spent 20, 30 minutes on the phone and, uh, you know, I've met in person a, a bunch of different times. And ever since then, you know, I've been I've been his go to guy for a lot of stuff. And uh, in terms of like media and doing interviews and things like that. And it's, it's just uh, it's really cool to to know deep down that you're doing something good for someone and they're doing it and reciprocating it back to you. And I think like with CJ, you know, he get, had a big game the other night. I said, big game, man, congrats, like killing it. And yeah. uh, I, I do that after every game. Like these are my guys. That's how I, I kind of, I view it. And, yeah. I, and I know that some people may think that that's not really in, in the right, you know, the journalistic integrity uh, may be um, ruined or uh, hurt by doing that. But to me, it's like, you know, look, I've I've been covering this guy. I should be able to root for him, you know, just no, like absolutely. a fan or anybody else. So yeah. for me, it's it's vital. Um, but I mean, if I'm looking back at conversations, I mean, I I have to shout out Myers Leonard. I did an interview with him. Oh, interesting. A few okay. Years ago. Yeah, you know, he gave me some really good advice just in general for like life. Not, and this is for my own life, for anybody's life. You know, he has a journal of things that he has dreams about, uh, strives to be, uh, he writes down like things that he, he needs to work on or get better on. Um, he's just a really positive individual and, you know, spending as much time as I did with him. It just, there's a, it, just something about him that, uh, is really cool. You know, he just does it differently. He's got a positive attitude. He's got the journal and, uh, he specifically had a bunch of haters on Twitter, like early on. Even now, he still has got them all the time, just because of his, con <laughs> his contract. You know, that's just what happens in basketball. Yeah. Well, everyone's a little, uh, you know, envious of the, these basketball players, regardless of, of who you are. Of course. And so, uh, you know, it's just interesting because he he gave me some really sound advice on dealing with Twitter and dealing with uh, people that don't like your stuff or, or out to get you. He just like, don't give them the time of day. You know, just like some really good advice um that i really appreciated and uh so yeah that was a really good one i mean there's a bunch of them though bonzi's been great to me uh bonzi's one of my favorite guys in the big three love being around him he's a great jokester um he's really fun to play basketball with you know horse things like that but he's always been really good to me and appreciative of what i do and um there's a ton of guys i mean rob height wasn't drafted xavier silas wasn't drafted some of these guys i've been around for a while they're, they're good dudes just genuinely good dudes but the one I think most recently towards is Greg Oden. So, okay. 
Yeah, I, you know, so Greg, uh, it's actually really funny. So I had Mike Conley on my podcast like a week ago. Mike Conley used to be former high school teammates, Greg Oden, like childhood friends with him. And uh, I worked at um, Adidas, uh, I think it was like eight years ago, nine years ago, just doing retail, like mm-hmm. part time. It's just a, it was a job in between college and you know, I didn't really know what to do. And so uh, I worked with a guy named Brandon McDonald, who uh, was childhood friends, like best friends with Greg Oden. So I was at the draft and, and Greg got drafted, which I, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I kind of thought it was going to, but didn't want to say anything. And um, yeah, when he got drafted, we had chatted about that for like 30 minutes, just like, you know, Brandon and just like everything kind of life coming full circle, how small of a world it is. But I'll be honest with you, every guy that you talk to in the big three is so appreciative of just being able to be given I wouldn't call it a second chance necessarily, but just being able to be given the platform again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so when you talk to these guys, when you see them, they're all very happy. They're all bringing their families along. It's just a different atmosphere. I've never really been a part of something where everybody thoroughly enjoys what they do. And that just is very rare to see in any industry, in any frame or walk of life, is to be able to see these guys in the happiest environment that they've been a part of. And Nancy even talks about it. You know, this is the best, best year of her sporting life was last year, you know, when she won that championship. So it's really special. You know, Corey Maggetti, I've grown really close with too. I mean, I could go down the list, man. It's, yeah, I'm been, sure you could. It's been great, man. It's just been a lot of fun. And um, I'm just thankful to even be in the position I'm in to be able to be around these guys, chat with them and uh, to help them in any way that I can. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I, I kind of follow your career path a little bit in terms of, you know, I, I really like, you know, giving people a platform, giving people uh, some exposure who is a little under the radar. So I, I think it's really cool like hearing how you did it and uh, where you've gotten to now. And, you know, back to Greg Oden, I think Greg Oden is going to be someone that's really exciting to see in the big three. I was, I was really hopeful that he was going to get drafted last year. And just with everything, you know, he, he suffered in the past for him to, you know, just say, okay, well, this just wasn't my year and rebound and put in the work and come back and be drafted in the first round. I think that, that really says a lot about him. And so I, I just think that's a really amazing story. And, and Myers Leonard, you know, I think that's someone that we don't talk about a lot. Even when you're watching Portland games, it's not someone you're really looking for all the time with Damian Lillard and, you know, CJ being out there and, you know, hooping like they do. So uh, I think, my biggest takeaway from that is I, I'm going to start watching, you know, keep a close eye on Myers Leonard. I think I have a, a new fan favorite there in Portland. Just, and Evan I think Turner, like, too. Evan Turner, I got, I got to shout out my guy, Evan Turner, because Evan Turner, that's like another dude. Dylan Brooks, I mean, I can go down the list, but yeah. Evan Turner, if you're looking at the Trailblazers, that's my guy, man. I love him. He's hilarious. He's funny. <laughs> He's uh, one of the funniest athletes I've ever been around. Uh, wow. Dude just cracks jokes all the time. I, I kind of – I'm glad you said that because I didn't really know how to, you know, what his demeanor was like. I didn't know if he was just like a sarcastic, like, Very asshole sarcastic. or he was just like He's a really funny, funny dude. Uh, so that's really cool to hear. And uh, I think, you know, Portland in general, obviously, they've played really well and they're playing a tough team. But um, those guys have really stepped up, I think, in this playoffs and are really earning their their mark. And, and uh, so I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, so let, let's move on to some big three stuff. Obviously, we're coming off the draft here. Uh, we're also – going to just touch on this a little bit obviously it's disappointing that the big three uh committee who was bidding on the the regional sports network for disney didn't win that um that being said you know i, I still think there was a lot of progress made 
and and some type of way. I mean, what kind of impact do you think that has on the big three? And what do you think there's some type of plan B in place? I mean, obviously Ice Cube, he's he's done so many successful things. I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve still. But what kind of impact do you think it has on the big three? I don't think it has any impact on the big three itself. I mean, they, obviously they would probably planning some stuff around it. But, you know, you can't if you're a business person, you got to understand you can't really plan around anything like that because you know that there's other bidders. There's no there's other suitors. You can't really go, you know, the cart before the horse in this sort of scenario. But I mean, I will say, first of all, that uh, I think the regional sports networks and, and that proposal, the idea behind it was incredible. And I think what's kind of perplexing and a little bit frustrating is is the unwillingness of someone to accept a bid from somebody outside of the normal yeah realm you know because really it was a, a broadcast network buying another you know network essentially yeah. it, 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 not uh, much changed in a nutshell and so yeah I, I think this was an opportunity where we could have seen a lot of change and it's really unfortunate to not see it but at the same time like look everything that cube touches is successful like name one yeah. thing that hasn't been and so that's what's great to work, you know, around or be around him is just the fact that this man, you know, him, Jeff, everybody, they're, they're brilliant. Uh, they do things, they are creative, and they have other avenues and ways to, to go about things. You know, Cube's still going to run game shows. He's still going to produce stuff. He's still going to write. He's still going to put out records. He's still going to do all the same things that he's done for years and years and years. But the big three, you know, I'll tell you what, I think that, more energy and more focus may be put into it than, than previously, just based on the fact that, you know, the, the regional sports network has probably taken up a lot of their time. So in, in a way, I think it, it's, it's good. Um, you know, I would have liked to have seen them acquire these because I think that they had a lot of creativity and thoughts behind it, but look, we move on. And, uh, you know, if there's one person that's going to ride with a chip on his shoulder, Cube's going to be one of those guys, so yeah. I, I I wouldn't bet against that man. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. Rightfully so. I mean, just everything he's done, every all the adversity he's had to face in the past. Um, obviously, most people know his story. So everything he's had to you know encounter in his past, and when things don't go his way, he's not really one to to shy away from that and just step down. So I you know I have no worries about Cube, and I wouldn't bet against him either. Uh, more exciting stuff here. You know, the big three draft. You mentioned you were there in Vegas for the combine and the draft. Uh, I'm going to touch a little bit more specifically here on the draft just because that's something from, you know, the public eye that we were able to see, uh, able to view. I thought, you know, first of all, just from it being season three and looking back on season one and two and the the vast improvement of everything in in the process, it was just it was just unbelievable just from what I saw. And so, you know, that's just strides in the right direction Um, as a draft as a whole. I mean, who do you who do you think? won won this draft i know there's a lot of teams that came away winners but who do you think was the main winner coming out of this one boy i mean the enemy's getting royce white that man is oh i'm so excited to see him play he is nasty he is uh he is all all in la and one at vegas (laughs) yeah i mean i'm telling you man he is uh he is something else i think he was definitely by far the most impressive but i'll tell you what like uh the triplets getting chris johnson chris johnson was kind of the, the the standout, I think, in the combine, other than Royce White. I think most people expected Royce White to be the number one pick. They knew what he had, the potential, everything. But Chris Johnson kind of came out of nowhere. And when he showed up to the combine, man, he was getting all the boards. You could just tell in the pick and roll, he was real comfortable. And uh, I, I just think that he's going to be a, a dynamite pick for the triplets as well. 
And then you look down the list. I mean, Larry Sanders, three out of monsters. That's a great pick. Yeah, I um, think they got a lot of value to, with all their picks, really. Yeah, I mean, they did a really good job. I think Mario Chalmers late is really good. You know, it, it's that's a that's a really good draft. I think there's a lot of teams that can walk away feeling pretty good about what they did. Dusan Bullet's kind of the the unknown. Yeah, he was a wild really card good sure. on offense. Like you could tell offensively and just like IQ wise, he understands the game just on a different level. But when you look at the other players uh, d- defensively. I think is where he may struggle a little bit. You know, his hands, his arms are a little bit shorter. Um, and just physicality wise, you can tell there's just a different vibe to what the big three presents as opposed to the FIBA international yeah. game. So it, it's going to be really intriguing to watch some of these guys play in the three on three setting and kind of get the differences. And we won't really, you know, people pick favorites and they can say this, that, and the other thing. It's going to be very difficult. The only thing that I know for sure is that power is probably going to be one of the top top four or five teams again because oh no doubt it, they just they have all the talent and they, they have a lot of talent they've got a returning crew that's great um and we know how they play everyone yeah. else we don't it's an unknown there's a lot of unknowns and so it'll be interesting to see i mean there's a lot of exciting guys that came through the draft and um was surprised by a few names that didn't get called but you know what you know that as as rob height posted just yesterday he was I'm ready whenever somebody calls my name because yeah. you know, there is going to be injuries. There is going to be guys that can't make certain games. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. It's it's It was a really good draft. It was really well done. The HyperX Gaming Arena in Las Vegas is incredible. Uh, yeah, I thought really the atmosphere was, was amazing. And then the broadcast. I, I kind of watched a little bit of the broadcast. It had Cube and Corey and all sorts of guys. That Jay Crawford ran most of the draft with Mike Rapp at the yeah. – uh, right after the guys got drafted. So it was, I, I thought it was all really well done and executed. And, and man, I'm telling you, like from season one to season three, the leaps and bounds that they've made over just a couple of seasons is, is really incredible. And, and like I said, the draft pool is just, it's crazy. It was there's loaded. A ton of yeah. guys. I, I don't know if there's a favorite. Uh, I love what the enemies did. I think Lamar Odom and Gilbert have both spoken. I mean, they've told me specifically, but everybody, uh, they want a championship. So I, I wouldn't be, I, shocked if, if they're in the championship game or you're close to it i also wouldn't be shocked if three out of monsters that's what i tweeted today earlier uh yeah, i, I think they're one of the top two teams you know sure. I, they were one of the top two teams in the first season the second season they somehow made the semifinals without richard lewis which is just yeah. incredible and if richard lewis is 85 90 of what he was a year ago i think uh i think they're in really really good shape with the larry sanders addition along with mario chalmers so i think they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with I completely agree. And by the way, Corey Maggetti did a really good job at that analyst commentator role. I was really impressed with everything he did explaining because he really knows the background more of these guys. He was at the combine. He's polished. He, he was, is he, yeah, polished. I mean, very polished. I mean, he did a really excellent job. So we know where his career is heading maybe after the big three. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned uh, Dusan Ballou. And I think that, you know, the biggest question with him was always the, the competition gap. I mean, I, rem- I was following some of your tweets where you said Chris Johnson was a standout. And you said... I think maybe Will from Big 3 News mentioned this to me, is that, you know, Dusan Balut didn't actually look that great. And he just said, he just said, uh, he didn't specifically talk about offense or defense. But I'm really interested to see him and uh, how Frank Franklin Session, Frank Nitty, you know, yeah. uh, attack this type of competition. You know, obviously, Frank Nitty has played in the Drew League against guys like James Harden. And, he, you know, he obviously showed up Denzel Valentine. That was the, his big shining moment in my yeah. eyes. And so um, it's interesting because, you know, they're, they're both kind of those outsiders coming into different type of competition, different type of format. And 
you know, I just want to see how they translate to the game. So those are two guys I, I kind of have my eyes on and, and have yeah. been. No, I think uh, a lot of people have their eyes on those guys because I think, you know, when you look at the three-on-three game, it's just so different. Like Frank Nitty hasn't really played three-on-three that we've seen, you know, at a high level like Drew League or whatever. And then uh, I think the question marks really surround the defense. You know, in three-on-three basketball, I, I can't stress enough, like, uh, a lot of the shows that I go on and stuff, they, they, you know, they act like it's 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 just like the NBA. It's not. You know, it's it's this <laughs> is a hold your own. This is a complete two way game. You have to be able to play defense, or you cannot be on the floor. You just can't. Yeah. Because, you, unlike five v five, where there's chances where you can hide guys, um, you know, like the Celtics did a few years ago with Isaiah Thomas. You know, you can hide a guy, uh, find some guy to to cover for you, etc. You know, in three on three, you just can't. You, know, you can't leave. Any of these guys can shoot. Any of these guys can drive to the rack. So you just can't leave guys open, and you can't switch on a dime every time. So no. <laughs> for for this three on three, for this three on three stuff, you know, especially in the big three, it's vital to be able to play defense or execute at least halfway decently. So for a guy like uh, do some, I was I was pronouncing it balut, but balut, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's just going to be interesting to see how teams uh, play against them and how teams exploit those guys. Even Franklin Sessions, to an extent. Yeah. You know, Sessions is, can. I, I've seen some times where he's held his own. Uh, Balut, not so much. But you know, look. The other thing about this too is, combine's only three and a half, four hours. Like I, you know. Yeah. You, you don't really know. We we watched a bunch of guys play against a bunch of other guys. And some guys looked better, and other guys just didn't live up to the expectations or, or what we thought they would be. And so that's where we are today. And we don't know what they'll look like throughout the season. You know, you guys can have good games, bad games. Yeah, but uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be no, fun. I, I think it is, too. And, you know, um, you know maybe, maybe uh, Balut's biggest, you know, biggest weapon is that he, he knows the game so well. His IQ is so, is so much higher probably than a lot of these three and three guys. Besides the guys who played in the big three, but you know he's been doing this his, his whole life. So, you know, you were talking about hiding guys on defense. You can't do that in the big three. But maybe maybe he he does so well on offense. He really runs runs the show really well that yeah that could just you you know he might just have to buckle down on defense. And if he, they give up some points, maybe that's you know the cost the the okay. trade off there. Yeah, so. no. The other thing too is I mean Gary Payton did an amazing job. You know Mahmoud is not a great defender either. We know this. Yeah. Um, He's very, very. He's got a high IQ. He knows how to play the game of basketball. He can stick to his man when he needs to, absolutely. But in terms of defense, we all know that he, he he's got a little room for growth there. And Gary Payton knows it too. And Gary did a very good job of moving Mahmoud out for a guy like Quintel Woods or uh, Jamario Moon or whoever he had on the bench during the season last year on defensive um, sets. So. You could see that with the ball hogs, you know, somebody, somebody like Rick Barry, who's smart enough and understands this game inside and out uh, and really likes to play a certain style. I, I could see that happen where Rick Barry says, you know what, we've got, we need two points and uh, they need four points. Let's move Balut out and let's put somebody else in, you know, or yeah. try and, I mean, they got Jermaine Taylor too. I, I think the ball hogs did really well. Sorry to kind of sidetrack here, but no, I think no, no, the ball hogs did really well. In terms I'm of the interested draft too. to see uh, Will McDonald. I mean, I think, you know, every team was really going after size. I think, you know, size could have been really important in part of their draft strategy if they got guys who were so so good they on offense but struggled on defense. They so, needed a big. They were yeah, they very really vocal did. about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they have a couple of tweeners. And, I you know, I 
I love the white mama there, and I, I really like Josh Childress a lot, but I think those are two guys that, like, this season, that they just gotta they just gotta produce a little bit more on offense. I know, I know that's they went out and got some guys you can score, and so maybe that was kind of the game plan surrounding that too. But yeah, a big was important for them, and I I'm interested to see McDonald. I don't know a lot about him. Um, you know, him and uh, Patrick O'Brien were a couple of surprises that I didn't really know about. Um, O'Brien was on that team where uh, with Golden State when they beat the San Antonio Spurs yep. a few years ago, I think. So. You know, a lot of those guys are still question marks to me, and I'm really excited to see what, what they can do. Um, in, in terms of that, I mean, we're talking about guys we don't really know about. Who do you think was maybe the biggest steal of the draft in any round, really? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, – look, it, it's really interesting uh, just seeing where all the chips fall during this draft and just the process of it. And, uh, like, the ball hogs, you know, they, they were very vocal to me before the draft. You know, Scal – Rick Barry and company, we were all sitting at a table chatting about who was who. And uh, I was like, Larry Sanders, man, Larry Sanders would be good. You know, you could probably get him at five. Of course, Larry Sanders got picked way before that. (laughs) So they didn't have the option. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch some of these players that haven't played in the big three before and see how they acclimate um, and and see what they do. You know, even guys like Josh Smith, you know, what does he have? Let's see what he got. I, know, I, I think it's going to be really fun to watch. And, you know, I, enemies are obviously the, the highlight name. And I, I definitely think that they're going to be good this year. But there are definitely some other teams out there and names that I think will make some noise that we didn't necessarily expect. I was, I was surprised that Jason Richardson, I mean, that was a guy that I was really he high on. He out the combine. I thought he I was, was really, really good. I was surprised he fell to the second round. And, you know, and fell to a team like Tri-State, who, you know, we obviously saw how well they did last year with David Hawkins kind of being that underdog story. He ended up, you know, being a potential MVP there, a runner-up MVP. So now you just fill in a guy, you fill that void with someone like Jason Richardson, who throughout the entire draft pool might have had one of the best NBA careers out of all those guys. So I just, I was really surprised that he fell, you know, I was, if anything, if he fell out of the first round, maybe the first pick of the second round, second pick of the second round, I mean, he fell to... I think it was four or five there. So that was someone I was really surprised. And I think Tri-State got a steal in that, in that picture. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. You know, he looked, he, he looked good. Um, There's a lot of guys out there, man. I thought, I thought Steve Blake was going to get drafted for sure. I, he, yeah. looked, he looked great on the floor and, and he was just moving the ball very well. But, you know, I think that's the tough part about drafting these guys and trying to figure out what you need. Um, You know, bigs were absolutely the need for nine out of 10 of the teams in, in the big three, you know, nine out of 12, sorry, whatever. Um, but in terms of just what, what they were looking for, you know, they, they, they needed bigs and I knew that it wasn't a big, heavy draft. You know, there wasn't that many in the pool. Um, so I think teams knew that going in, they had to strategize and figure out what they were going to do. And, and most teams filled the needs that they, they felt they needed to get, you know, some teams, Probably, I, I think probably doing it over may have changed their minds, but <laughs> I, I think for the most part, uh, everybody's kind of confident in what they have and, and what they were able to get. You know, I think the funny part was the, the, the lottery, just seeing some of the guys. It was pretty yeah. hilarious um, watching them draft draft numbers. And, of course, Lamar Odom. Oh, man, that was <laughs> funny. But, uh, yeah, it was it was. Overall, I think they've done a really good job at just uh, creating a good combine, a good atmosphere, a good draft, and it'll be really fun to watch this season, man. It's uh, I'm so excited. I'm ready. Yeah, and uh, 
you know, most of the most of the teams filled their voids in the draft. Um, one team that kind of, you know, I don't want to say fell apart, but they lost a couple of key players after the draft was Killer Threes. Obviously, they announced that Franklin Session will be one of the co-captains. And then, you know, a couple of days later, Metal World Peace comes out or Ron Artest comes out and says, well, I'm not playing in the big three this year. I'm going to be coaching some basketball. Uh, so now they have another void that's missing out of their co-captain. Do you have any idea or have you heard anything about who might fill that spot for Killer Threes? Haven't heard. I would, I would be, I would be pretty surprised if it's somebody um, outside of like the draft combine pool okay. or somebody that we may have heard previously. You know, I've heard the names. Everybody's heard them. You know, I, I, quite frankly, I would not be shocked one bit if Paul Pierce says, "Hey, put my name in the hat," or <laughs> someone like that. that someone cool. like that. I wouldn't be shocked. You know, we have. I, I know that they're at some point. Uh, in the in the past few seasons, there has been communication with a number of these people, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if a name just comes out, um, and, and we all are surprised. But I would be, I, I would say for the most part that it's probably going to come from the combine pool. You know, okay. maybe someone like a Steve Blake, uh, maybe someone of that nature. I, I don't know if they would or like do a that. Derek Byers know. or something. I don't know. Someone Derek who... Byers. You know, there's a bunch of guys that played in this league and, and have done really well, and and or just have the experience to 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 live up to the the co-captain kind of name. But we'll be, I, I will be curious to see who that who that name is and and who ends up coming into the fold there um it should be interesting you know i know there's yeah. a lot of interest from a lot of guys it's just a matter of getting them and uh you know they, they have to be ready to play that's what yeah. he says you know it ain't your name it's your game uh and that's you know that's been the motto the entire time i mean that's why to be honest in, in my personal opinion i don't know i don't have the full facts but that's why alan iverson isn't in the league you know i don't want to be rude or inconsiderate but to me, I think a lot of it was, you know, he came out, he stepped onto the big three floor. He thought he was going to do what he did in his NBA career. And he wasn't able to do everything, you know. And that happens with guys. It's just yeah. what it is. I mean, not a yeah, bad thing. It's just a but, different format, you know. It's, but it, but if you're used to having the ball in your hands at all times and being that option, being the guy to go to, and, and being great, being amazing at what you do, and now you're not amazing, but you're good. That's yeah, a no. hard, hard thing. Your ego hard, yeah. So I think that's that's probably why a lot of you see a lot of names being rumored and a lot of guys not stepping in is, you know, I, I think there is some some scare that they may damage <laughs> kind of their legacy or, or, or what they've built up. I would personally think that they'd have the confidence to go out and do it. But, I, you know, I think you'd be surprised at how many guys would probably say, no, thanks. I, I'll, I'll take wow. my chances just doing a, a, analyst work or s reporting or whatever the case may be in, instead of putting myself in the ring because I'm telling you, it, as much as people look at it on TV and see it, it's hard to describe unless you've actually been to a game and physically seen how hard these games are. Um, it's different. It's just a different physicality and it, it, you use different muscles. It's a completely different game. And there's just much a lot more physicality in this league over the NBA and guys just aren't used to it. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting yeah. to see who fills that spot. Yeah. I, I'm, I think that's the best part about the big three is just the physicality of it. The toughness that you have to come in and play with. I mean, Old really school. assert yourself. Out basketball. I mean, this yeah. is like, 
this is what I grew up watching, you know, in like the early 90s, yeah, the late exactly. 80s. Like this is the basketball we grew up watching. And I'll be honest with you, it, there is great basketball that's being played in the NBA. They spread the floor. They move the ball around. But there's also something to be said about just pure basketball skill, talent, and IQ. And watching these guys use post moves, back to the basket stuff. You know, just yeah. there's a Their lot more. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. As a basketball connoisseur, or at least I, that's what I would call myself, <laughs> it's fun to watch this style. And a lot of people say, like, ah, it's boring or it's slow or they miss a lot of shots or whatever. But if you watch and pay attention to some of the things that they're doing, these are, you know, these are things that uh, you really have to focus on. You have to really put your, put your mind to what you're watching and not get sidetracked with your phone or something else. I really, if, if I'm not at the big three, I'm sitting and watching on my television and I'm focused on that. I'm watching them play and I'm watching one player move, you know, like Rashard Lewis has tons of different post moves. The way he plays the game is amazing to me. And I think you just have to focus on the one guy or the teams and really pay attention to what they're doing and how hard they are actually working. And, and one thing I will say, you know, Jeff, made a really good point about this you know the thing that basketball player and this is what ice cube and jeff's like vision was initially you know kobe bryant goes out he scores a bunch of points for the lakers in his last game he retires we all know that kobe can play the game of basketball at a really high level he just can't run up and down a floor for 82 games anymore yeah and so this league is built for guys who have the skill and in a three-on-three -three setting they can still beat nba guys I'm sorry. I I'd, I'd, I'd love to watch it happen, but I I do believe that the three on three, the big three guys against an NBA three on three, depending on who you're putting up against, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously but, not. But so, yeah, no, we're not we're not throwing LeBron, Kevin Durant. You know, these are the best players in the game. Yeah. Same thing, and they're in their prime. But I mean, if you're talking just general NBA players against some of these guys, I I, I think you'd be hard pressed. Uh, to see either side win by more than a couple of points. And I think that shows, you know, what this league is about. It, you yeah. still have the skill to play this game. That's the thing that just people don't understand. They can still shoot a basketball. Ray Allen shoots a basketball still better than, I'd say, like seven of ten NBA players. That's why teams still want to pick him up for 10-day contracts. <laughs> yeah. but, but he cannot run up and down for 82 games. He can't no. play back-to-backs. Takes but a toll on a, yeah. yeah, it does. But if you put him on a three-on-three -three setting, he can still use all the skills that he's used to using, and he can still be a lead at it. And that's what I think is special about the big three, is if you really focus on the game and what they're doing, um, there's just nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's, it's just fundamental basketball guys who, uh, like you said, just just can't get back uh, up and down the floor anymore. But in a three-on-three in a -three setting where, you know, there's a limited score there, they only have to play once a week. I mean, it, it's perfect. And so, I, I, you know, I'm really, I'm really looking forward. I, I live here in Atlanta, so I'm really looking forward to seeing the first game this season on June 22nd. I think it's going to be a, an incredible atmosphere just with everybody they've added and what they've done in the big three and how far they've progressed. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, I think the biggest name I've heard a lot of fans or spectators mention was you know it's like oh we want to see mellow out there why, why is mellow playing in the big three i think i think mellow maybe is still looking you know <laughs> to play in the nba i think he still certainly has the skill to play in the nba but um you know if he amazing if he just wanted fun. to play ball in the summer you know that would that would be amazing it would be really cool so um obviously i'm not getting my hopes up even someone like paul pierce i think would be really cool so 
uh, you know, I'm just excited to see how the 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 big three continues to progress. And I think, you know, just as players continue to retire, we're going to see more and more talent in this pool, along with other guys who, you know, maybe they just didn't, you know, hit the row that they were originally expecting to kind of t- had to take a different path. And I think, Hey, this, look at David Hawkins, man. Yeah, exactly. Hawkins, I, mean, great example. I mean, Royce white, I think that's, this, he's a perfect example. The number one pick, a guy who obviously has all the confidence in the world. And I think still has a lot of skill playing and, very underrated just because nobody knows him. But, I mean, he was a first-round pick coming out of Iowa State. He was known for his, his ability to facilitate, to to be that, you know, that point forward. So I think it's going to be a really exciting season. Last question before, before you know, uh, I end today's show here. Um, you've been covering the league since season one. You've mentioned a little bit throughout this show just about some differences and changes. But just overall, as from season one to season three, I mean – how much has it really drastically changed the big three? And I mean, from the from the get go, from the start, did you did you have the same vision that Ice Cube and, and Jeff and all those guys had? I mean, did you think it was going to be this big by season three? Um, I'd be lying if I told you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, I think the biggest difference, you know, season one, everybody's trying to get feelers about what's going on and. I think there were some players who maybe didn't take it as seriously as they maybe thought. You know, I talked about Allen Iverson a little bit, but there's a bunch of guys that I think entered the league thinking it would be one way, and it it had certainly changed to be another way. Um, And so I think, like, the competitive nature and, like, just the competitiveness of the league, like, it's being taken seriously now. And um, it wasn't initially. It was a, you know, I'll be honest. A lot of people, when I started covering the league, were like, oh, it's this side retirement league i don't even know what to describe it as you know they didn't have a a real good idea of what it would look like what it would be and instead they made assumptions and uh the one thing that i've learned you know i think first of all don't make assumptions with anything that ice cube does um (laughs) because that's just not gonna be the way it turns out and it won't be good for you because you'll be looking like the dummy but um in terms of the league and just the changes, I think the biggest thing is the family aspect of it. Every yeah. single person genuinely cares about every other person. You see family members show up to games. You see um, just this like spirit about everybody. They're excited to be there. And I can't stress it enough. It's just such a different atmosphere. They're happy to sign off- autographs. Ice Cube walks into the hotel in Las Vegas, and I, this just like happened last week. Ice Cube walks into the hotel in Las Vegas at like 9.30 at night. I'm hanging around with a couple guys, and um, he walks in. You know, four, five, six, seven fans start showing up. They want a picture with him. He takes the picture. He says hi. He introduces himself. They ask him questions. He answers the questions. Um, He spends probably 20 minutes in the lobby just taking photos, answering questions, doing that stuff. Every single player is like it. Every single player is like that. They don't take this for granted. And like with the NBA, they, there's so much uh, that isn't there in that sort of aspect. And that's just something you just can't replace. It's, it's irreplaceable. You know, even Scal told, told me last year, and I'm sure he'd say it again, he, his son never got to see him play basketball in the Garden. Wow. And, and so for him to go back to the Garden last season, and, and 
and he, he made he made a, a couple of jokes about it because he only scored two points and jacked up like <laughs> eight shots. But for him to score in the garden and play in the garden and have him his son sit courtside to watch the game, that's important to him. Like that means the world. And like yeah. he wouldn't probably speak that out in public. He wouldn't say it in some great meaningful way, knowing Scal because you know he's he's a little more stubborn than that. But in terms of you know just what this league provides to these guys as well as what the guys provide to the fans that show up is something that i don't think you can replicate create or make anywhere else and it starts at the top you know every great organization every great league every great um business starts at the top and when you have a guy like ice cube who has a vision of what this league is about and what it should be about and he trickles that down to everybody and he shows them how to act, how to be. Um, you set the example. You set the bar high. Set everything. And so everybody else has that same expectation or that same feeling, really. And I, I was, I'm amazed. Like going into these championship locker rooms and then going to like the championship dinner last year with Catino and Corey and, um, you know, everybody was there. And all their family members are there and they're celebrating, they're having fun, they're chatting, they're, you know, and they didn't have to bring me along, but they did. Like, you're here? Yeah, you're coming. Get in the car. <laughs> Get in the car. Like, they were almost forcing me to go. And that's like, and I'm not trying to be rude about that at all. That's not what this means. I just think that is special. And that's not something, like I said, you just cannot replicate anywhere. And so for these guys, that's the difference. Like, it has not been that way since season one. Season one... You got a little bit of that. Season two, it got even better. And season three, it's like the band is back together. Like all these guys like say hi. Yo, what up, my man? Like it's there's just a different atmosphere. And like this atmosphere is contagious as hell. Like you cannot get out of it. You know, you see Michael Rappaport on the sidelines. You see Michael Rappaport at the draft. That attitude, that same attitude that Ice Cube carries, that same attitude that every player and coach carries, that is it that is this league that is what everybody's like doesn't matter who it is doesn't matter how popular how big how special how much you did in the past how much you did in the present who you have as kids any of it all that matters is this and this league and all the people that are a part of it and wow. that's what's cool like i said it's like an extended family i really feel at home and i've never felt that way about any league or any individual aside from my own family. So it really is like an extension of my family. And when I go on these trips and when I go to these games, that's what it feels like. It's just like home. And that, like I said, it just can't be replaced. I, I'm, I'm speechless over here because that's incredible. It's just, it truly is. I mean, the, to be a part of that and be, be so close with everybody and for them to welcome you in like that. I mean, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. And that's, that's part of the reason I, I've uh, I've liked this league. Obviously, I haven't had that kind of connection with those guys. I haven't been around them or anything. But no, the league supports it, it, I mean, you. Though. Yeah, I mean, for you, man. Exactly. I'm serious, and that's exactly. and that's just different. Yeah, it's just I mean, different. It is, and like just you know, first year of the podcast. I mean, I I, I just got done. Um, you know, obviously my podcast didn't last long with the Alliance of American Football, but I thought they were welcoming. And then I I switch over because this was going to be the plan all along during the off season there. But I, I come over here and it just like just right off the jump, just very inviting, very welcoming. Even watching the games, you just feel like you're a part of it. The commentary is great. The the involvement is just is unlike any other. And 
uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation just because I feel like I've gotten really to know more about the league and the inside of the league. And it's special. I'm, I'm excited for season three. And I think you just amped me up like a hundred times more for the league. And you'll love it, man. This is what it is. It's, yeah. it's big three. Uh, like I said, it's not your name. It's your game. Everybody in the league supports what you're doing. We appreciate, uh, what you do and and like i said man it this is uh this has been fun i i appreciate talking about the league yeah absolutely and i hope we can do it again i really do because this has been you know an incredible conversation and just getting to know every i feel like i know some of the people now and so it's it's truly been something special (laughs) i really appreciate you coming on because um i i'm just trying to i'm not really trying to make my mark i just want to help the big three in any way i can i hope that um I can do it as well as you are. So I appreciate you coming on today. Oh, man, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you for having me. Um, and keep it up, man. I, anything you need, you, you know I'm around. Uh, you got my number. You've got my information. So if you need anything, we're always here. And uh, we'll definitely keep supporting. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And that'll, to do, that'll conclude today's episode. Thanks for tuning in to the 4th Man Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at 4th Man Pod. That's 4 th man pod you can follow oliver at o maroney nba on twitter i think that's where you mostly are correct yeah yeah i'm on instagram twitter whatever instagram oliver maroney you will find you will find that man and he has a lot of great content make sure you tune into the position positionless podcast as well the mike Conley episode was really cool so that i definitely you know advise you guys to tune into that appreciate your time again oliver anytime Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.